All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the inaugural episode of Startup Theory. I'm excited you guys are joining us. I want to be very clear that this is beta. We are uh, doing this for the very first time. I guess for those who don't know what the word inaugural means. Uh, so yeah, welcome. What we're going to be doing is showcasing a company. And if this is something that you guys are interested in having your company showcased, you can submit, Jared, where do they submit at? Connect. Connect at impacttheory.com. So you can go there, you can submit your business. We have a questionnaire uh, that we will send you. And um, from that, we will build this episode. So today we are um, diving into a company called Iris. It is an iOS um, application. And yeah, we're going to dive in and talk about what it takes to actually start and found a company. I uh, want you guys to be involved here. So be sure to engage, ask questions. If there's something that I say that you're unclear about, uh, then be sure to let us know. And we should, I believe, have at least one of the founders here of the company with us. Uh, I'm getting the nod from Agent Smith. What's that? All right, Jose Ramos, if I'm not mistaken, uh, has joined us from Iris, so welcome, welcome, Jose. All right, so I have, uh, I have my notes here. Um, so what Iris is, is, um, and actually before we get into the specifics of this, I want to um, talk through exactly what um, startup theory is going to be. So first of all, we are going to be... Um, Taking the companies that are submitted to us, we will pick the ones that we think have the most universal appeal. Um, these are not necessarily companies that um, we'll be getting involved with. This is just companies from the community that have been submitted. Um, we may take companies that uh, we love and I think are amazing. We may take companies that we actually don't think um, will work, but we think that they might be a great learning example and everything in between. So um, know that um, in featuring somebody here that is not a tacit approval of the business, it's it's not impact theory, putting a stamp on it, me putting my stamp on it. Um, it's just us believing that we can bring some value to you guys um, through the exercise of going through it, answering the questions that they have, um, and answering your questions. So without further ado, um, why don't we dive in? So this is um, an application that is designed to be a go-to resource for the latest updates and news uh, on your particular interests. And it's being put together by a, a combination of cousins, brothers, and good friends. They are designers, engineers, marketers, product managers, lawyers, and hustlers. Uh, one of them is in New York City, and the rest, and there are six of them total, uh, are in Puerto Rico. Um, some of the things that um, the... Anything, whenever you're starting a business, one of the, the main things you have to figure out is what is the problem that you're going to solve? And that, that really is the starting point of any business. Um, so if you think about impact theory, there's sort of the grand global problem that we're trying to solve um, of believing that we're a society that makes really amazing mythology, but we don't know how to interpret that mythology. Um, but there, that just is not granular enough. That is not a problem that people are beating down our door and saying that um, we need to solve that. So what we're trying to to do is attack the much more tangible problem of there are a lot of people out there that want to start businesses, they don't know how, uh, and so we want to help incubate those companies. So when people ask us what we're doing, um, the answer is that we incubate companies and content because that is a need that people have. They want to bring something to the world um, and they don't know how to do it. And so it's very easy to put our finger on that um, like this. As soon as we put out into the world that we were looking for people to submit um, to Startup Theory, you know, we had a bunch of people submitting. So uh, there's clearly a need for that. 
what we're then trying to do for us, there's the secondary mission of making sure that it's the companies that we ultimately get behind and really do push and promote and incubate and help turn into something. For us, there's a secondary amount of criteria, which is they have to be uh, mission-based. It has to be something that we believe is going to make the world a better place. Um, and that is important to us. And hey, you guys are on the move. Uh, and one of the things um, that is always fun to do in this content is to pretend that there aren't all these crazy things happening just off camera that you guys don't see. Um, so that's a, a big thing. You've got to identify what is the problem that you're trying to solve. Is it a problem that is readily apparent? Uh, you know, going back to what we did at Quest Nutrition, um, another case, right? So people want uh, to um, live a healthier life, but at the same time, they want to eat food that's really tasty. So we were trying to make a um, line up of food that people could choose based on taste and it happened to be good for them. So that was a problem that we were trying to solve. Convenience was a big part of the game um, and being able to actually solve that problem and meet that need is is really how you build a business. So one of the first things that um, the team at Iris is going to have to answer is what exactly is the problem that they're trying to solve? So the way that they put it is the world is um, deluging us with information. There's so much news. There's so much fake news. There's so many things out there, uh, so much noise that you really um, need a way to cut through the clutter. And their proposal is to address that problem by um, essentially mechanical turking it. And for those of you who don't know what a mechanical turk is, it's actually a human being, um, despite uh, what you might think from the name. Uh, it's a human being that actually goes through and um, throws human capital at the problem. And so that's their proposed solution, is that they're going to have real people that are going to do a digest for you based on your interests. Um, it, it's an IOS application. I believe I mentioned that at the beginning. Uh, but that IOS application is going to be fed by real people who take your interests, uh, they go through, they um, condense it down and they give you a five to 10 minute um, audible recording of all of the items in your interest category that are distilled down. Um, so I, I'm, that is, I think, where we really need to start. So um, I'd be uh, very interested to hear what you guys think and I'll give you a brief thumbnail sketch of where my head's at and then um, hopefully we have some comments and questions. Uh, so first and foremost, I think that the problem of there being a lot of noise out in the world is um, is very real. I think that there is a ton of that. I think there are so many um, amazing pieces of content, but they're hiding out there in the deluge of uh, noise and, and not just with fake news, but also just that um, there's a lot of people creating content that isn't very good. And so how do you isolate and identify the content that actually is going to um, serve your needs? And uh, so they, I think they've put their um, finger on a problem. I don't know that it's a Rome is burning problem. And my big concern is that there's going to be, there already are a lot of players in the space. But my, my big fear, and um, I will put this out there to Jose, and I want to know uh, what he thinks. I want to know what you guys think. Um, do you think that you're going to run into a problem of scalability? scalability. And while those answers come in, I will tell you that um, building a big business is not always the name of the game. And I definitely have a natural bias. And my bias is very, very much about scale. I am only interested in things at scale. And so I'm always looking at businesses from the perspective of how do we make this big? So um, if you're submitting to us, guys, I will warn you that I'm go always going to come at it from that perspective. I think it takes the same amount of energy to build a small business as it does to build a big business. 
And whether you're doing um, a neighborhood restaurant that's meant to serve you know, the people in your surrounding area or you're trying to change the very nature of food, I actually think it's irrelevant from an energy expenditure standpoint. Um, so for me, uh, scalability is a huge, huge thing. And every alarm bell that I have, um, guys at Iris, uh, went off as I was reading your, um, your breakdown because you're relying ultimately on human capital. Now, um, the one thing to be very, very careful of if your business relies on human capital, that it is going to be very capital intensive to grow that because for every, um, you know, if, if, if you guys are doing this, let's say that, um, any one person can do a digest for, I don't know, let's call it three interests. Um, even that, like that's actually quite a bit if you're really going to create value in your breakdown. So if every one employee can handle three interests for you to scale the number of interests that you have available to your community, you're going to have to scale the people. Now scaling people comes at a cost and now you're, um, really putting yourself out there. And one thing, and when I say putting yourself out there, I mean, putting yourself out there from a financial standpoint. Um, one of the things that people don't often think about, um, is so even if you were to do all of this with outsourced employees, Outsource employees have one problem, which is that their availability tends to wax and wane. Sometimes they're available, sometimes they're not. Also that you train somebody, but they're very transient. So all of that energy and effort that you put into training them, which could take months for them to get really good um, at the job is one, you're dealing with subpar uh, work while they get up to speed. And then two, um, they don't work for you full time. There's a lack of investment. They're probably outsourced because they don't physically live where you live. So you may be outsourcing overseas. And if you're outsourcing overseas, then your turnover of a rate is going to be very, very high. Uh, so now you're putting all of this time energy into training people only to have them, um, then disappear and you have to redo it again. You're getting sub quality work, uh, while they get up to speed. And, and of course you're training them and making them good at their job, which in theory makes them much more marketable, which makes them more likely to go somewhere else, uh, to get more money. Um, and in today's economy, usually the fastest way to raise your salary is to move to a different company. So you put yourself into this vicious cycle where the more valuable you make that person, the more likely they are to leave you. And now you have a problem. Now, that's why I like to have the majority of my employees in-house because then I can invest in them as people. Um, I can show them that I care about them. We can build real connection, real rapport. Um, if you do what we're doing at Impact Theory, which is every full-time employee here has ownership in the company. Uh, so now being a part of it, um, they're financially invested in making sure that the company takes off, that it does well to think beyond the scope of their job. So, but now if you're doing that and you're bringing people in, um, whether or not you give them equity in the company is somewhat irrelevant, but if you bring them in, it's better long-term, the more you invest in them, the more likely they are to stay, assuming that you have good leadership and that they feel good about working for your company. But the problem is that now not only do you have payroll and that payroll stays, man, no matter what, like you can't sometimes like an outsource worker, you can pay them, um, a little bit, you know, if you only use them for a few hours or you can pay them a lot if you're working them a lot of hours, but a full-time employee, um, is you're paying them no matter what. Now we have a founder input fire away. So in response to scalability, yep. uh, Jose says that's part of the challenge we'll be facing. The way we see it, it is similar to how newspapers work today where you have a team per section slash interest, but then only a few would do the recording. We definitely believe in having everything in house though, especially 
Okay, so if you guys couldn't hear that, um, that was Jose Ramos, who is one of the founders of the company. And what he's saying is that they really do believe in bringing people in-house. Um, that's the model that they want to use. And they believe that um, just like in the newspaper business, um, that you would bring people on, it would have to scale. The more interest, the more people that you would need, uh, but that there would only be one person recording, I'm assuming per interest, um, which that's fine. Um, I think that that still your problem is going to be exactly the problem that the um, newspaper industry had and which is why they were so ripe for disruption. Um, anybody that comes along with technology, like think about Facebook, which is out there scanning everything that's being written. It can um, basically create digest algorithmically and then present that. And that's one of the ways that the newspaper industry has been disrupted. And if you're doing, if you're so patterning after what my friend Sony Mordecai calls a dinosaur business, um, a business that is using legacy technology, legacy ways of looking at the world, um, you, you're building into your business model the same inherent weaknesses that make them a dinosaur. So you really, really have to be careful. Um, I like to play the game and, and I'll, I'll tie this to um, scalability. I like to play the game, no bullshit, what would to take. So um, rather than heckle the businesses that are kind enough to submit, um, what I want to do is really think through, okay, if this were my business model, if this were the problem that I were going to solve, what would I do in order to effectively tackle it? Now, you guys may not be interested, um, meaning the founders of the company, this may make it uninteresting for you. It may no longer scratch the itch, but it is, I think, um, the answer to what you would need to do if if this is really the problem that you want to solve. So um, here's what I think you, the, the core of your company would have to be to avoid um, getting into the escalating arms race of always uh, the more subjects you bring on, the more people that you have to bring on with you. Because um, and, and this is why I think that it doesn't scale as well as, as the newspaper. So back in the days when newspaper um, was the dominant way that we got our media, people only knew what made the newspaper. That was it, right? So it was your job to go out and scour the world, to know what the topics were, to what headlines would sell, uh, to be aware of the things happening in the world. But now there's so much information that there's going to be so many subcategories. And one of the ways that people cut through the noise and, and thinking about this you know, for myself particularly, is to get really granular in the subjects that you pay attention to. So you don't pay attention to marketing. You pay attention to social marketing or you pay attention to um, social entrepreneurship, right? So these subcategories and getting into subcategories, I think is gonna be one of the most potent things that you're gonna have to do in order to really tap into um, the interests that people have to keep them engaged so that they're not listening to a five or 10 minute digest on this gigantic universe that in trying to boil down to five or 10 minutes, you're really, really skimming across the broadest portion of the surface because unless your subjects are really granular, that's what you're going to have to do, right? So while you're pulling the best of the best of marketing, if you're only giving me five to 10 minutes and all I really care about is social media marketing, uh, but you're going into analytics and things like that, um, then I'm going to be frustrated because you're not really getting into the things that I care about. So now you have to have a granular level of subjects, which you can do, but you're going to have to throw a lot of human capital at it. So for every number of um, you know subcategories, you've got an additional X amount of people, uh, which carries with it not only the the payroll, which is always going to be consistent, but you also have uh, payroll tax. So in California, at least, you can assume that for whatever the salary is that you offer to somebody, that you're going to be paying about one point three times that salary um, to cover insurance, to cover um, workman's compensation, things like that. So employees. Um, 
you know, bring the, the capital cost of the business way up. Um, and then you're going to be competing. So you're going to be competing with other companies, um, on, uh, the high quality, high caliber talent you're going to want to pay in, you know, you're going to want to be in like the 70 or higher percentile. Um, otherwise it's just simple math for people to realize that they should probably, uh, go somewhere else where they're being more, um, handsomely financially compensated. So I think the name of the game with this particular business is going to be algorithm, algorithm, algorithm. And what you guys are going to have to get very, very clever at is an algorithm that finds the things that people are really interested in on an individual basis. So one, while it's going to be hard to do, it's infinitely scalable. And no matter how many people you throw at an algorithm, as long as you have the server bandwidth in these days with, um, you know, Amazon, um, web services, you can really like, that's almost a, a non-entity. You don't even really have to think about that. Um, that is no longer a, a big part of the expense structure. So you'll be able to get the, um, the cycle CPU cycles that you need to crunch the data. Uh, but the really important part is going to be watching my behavior um, understanding what I want to see before I understand it. And that is the critical part. And that is where technology is moving is really going into, um, an algorithmic or an algorithm driven, um, way of identifying what somebody's interested. So if you guys if you guys listen to Spotify, I think they do a really good job of this. They pay attention to the music that I listen to, and then they make suggestions every week based on the things that I've been favoring that week. So it's real time. Um, it's very broad spectrum. It's, you know, crawling basically all music types. Um, and then it adjusts its algorithm as I, like if I um, add something to a playlist or I skip something, all that goes into informing the algorithm and then what I want to listen to next. Same thing with Amazon, right? People that like this also like this. Um, so giving uh, uh, just a massive, massive amount of customization is, is absolutely critical. All right. So algorithm, I think, is the name of the game. Any questions there? All right. So moving on to some of the things that they wanted to cover. Um, how much of the company should we be able to, um, should we be willing to give up for investment money? Um, so typical is going to be 10 to 20%. Um, and and I, I'm flexible on that. I don't think that that is as important as um, bringing people in. So whatever you need to do to get the high caliber talent that you need is the real answer to that. And the thing I think a lot of um, startup entrepreneurs struggle with is, is, you know, giving something up, giving a piece of that pie away. And what people don't really understand is that it's way better to have 1% of a billion dollar company than it is to have a hundred percent of, you know, um, a $10,000 company. So it really comes down to what the scale is. You need to um, do whatever it is that you need to do to attract the talent that you need to make this a uh, winning proposition. But 10 to 20% is typical. So um, if I were you guys, I would set aside 10% um, immediately for your first wave of employees. And I would hold back 10% for employees that come along down the road. Um, and then also one thing to consider is um, varying the amount of equity that you give someone based on the percentage of the salary 
um, that you're offering for that position that they take. So um, if somebody's willing to take less money um, in their upfront salary, then you can give them more on the back end. But if somebody wants their full boat salary, um, then you would typically dial back the amount of equity that you would give them because equity is really a game of risk and reward. So for those that are willing to take the bigger risk, then they're going to get the bigger reward. For people that are taking a smaller risk, then they're going to get the smaller reward. Um, and typically, obviously, the people that are putting in the capital, um, they're going to um, get the lion's share of the money, um, you know, obviously, and, unless you're the founder. Um, one thing to keep in mind is control. So one thing you want to be very, very careful of, and you guys have six, maybe seven, depending on how this is worded. I'm actually not sure if it's six or seven total people in the company. Um, but you need to be very, very careful at what point you give up so much control that somebody else could come in and control your company, um, which look in the beginning, it's really not a big concern. And as long as you, um, with, God, it becomes tough because if there's seven of you, that 51% that you need to maintain control of the company can very quickly uh, fracture. And then you guys could run into a problem where you start voting against each other. Not things I'd worry about in the beginning and hey, a failed business here or there because the partnership couldn't agree. It's not the end of the world. Um, and, and in the early days, man, just move fast. That, that really is the key. Don't get hung up on contracts. When there's nothing to fight over, don't fight. That's my, uh, that's my motto. Um, so... But yeah, um, being willing to give up equity, especially in the beginning, is not something that should make you tense. Uh, give it away to attract people. And, and the only real thing on that is looking forward to make sure that you have enough for future employees and then control. Um, okay, is investment funding the right track? That is impossible to answer. Um, that is a case-by-case -case basis. So I'm not a big fan of raising capital. And the reason that I'm not a big fan of raising capital is typically uh, capital comes with strings. Hey! Um, and one of the things that we're doing as a model here at Impact Theory is, uh, first of all, we don't take cash from people. We're a pure equity play. Um, and that until, I should say, phase one is a pure equity play. And then if we go deeper, uh, it may involve raising capital down the line. Uh, but we're um, particular to raising smaller amounts of capital. We're looking for minority partners. Um, and that's just because going back to control. And the reason is, I think a business is very much like um, artistic expression in the way that you're going to make counterintuitive decisions. You may zig when other people are zagging. And that's the very thing that makes your, com your company valuable, right? Disruption happens because you see something that other people don't see. Um, and going to somebody to raise capital um, can put you in a position where you can clearly see the future that you're trying to bring about and they're just not willing to go for it. And if they have a large enough stake in your company that they can influence that, then you're really in trouble. Also, I think that um, lots of money in the beginning uh, creates really bad habits. And I think that being a lean, mean startup in the beginning is um, just incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, I won't say important. It's incredibly valuable because it's gonna force you to really, really think about how you're spending your money. Uh, invest a dollar you should expect to get $2 back. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, 
pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. Thank you for bearing with me while I have a sip of tasty beverage. So yeah, that is um, really a critical point is you want to think through um, being able to build the company the way that you want. Um, the the nice thing about capital and, and a fundamental question that you guys should be asking 
usually capital is attached to somebody that has relationships. And if those relationships are worth the investment, meaning that you would do the investment just for the relationships and that um, even if it didn't carry with it any economic value, you weren't getting any money out of the investment, um, that you would still do it, that is when you know that it's probably a good move. Um, if there's somebody that has deep industry experience in the industry that you're going into, um, that is incredibly valuable. And one question to ask, um, is who else have they invested in? And then go to the people that they've invested in and ask them if you had to do it all over again and you weren't gonna get any money out of the deal, you were just gonna get their relationships and their advice, would you still do the deal? If the answer is no, then you might wanna really think long and hard about it. Um, and if the answer is yes, then you know that's a, that's a really exciting answer and a potentially great partnership. And that's always been the, the thing um, for me that has always been the most interesting is are they gonna understand my space? Are they gonna be able to offer me guidance? Can they mentor? Um, have they been through some of the things that I've been through before? Um, are they going to be a great sounding board? And what are they going to be like when we don't agree? And that's really, really important. And that's uh, another reason why, or the fundamental reason why I should say, um, that I like small investments over big investments. And then look, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100, I should say, you can throw just hard work at the problem, being smarter than the next people, uh, being more savvy about the way that you're solving the problem, looking for opportunities to disrupt I'm actually reading a book right now called Disrupt You. Um, I'm forgetting the author's name right now. Jay Samet. Jay Samet. Cindy to the rescue. Uh, so Jay Samet, Disrupt You, great book. Talks a lot about how to deconstruct your own personality, your own skill set, to look for opportunities in the market where you can go and disrupt. Technology is moving so fast. Uh, really is a great opportunity. All right. So... Um, Will the minimum viable product give us the answers we are looking for? Namely, uh, we write the content, we record the audio. Um, if, uh, Jose, if you're there, if you can give me uh, clarity on what you mean by will it answer those questions, um, I'll pretend for a second that you're referring to scalability since that is uh, the, the thing that really rings in my mind. Um, and I think that it will answer that question. I think you will see very, very quickly that that is not a scalable endeavor without a massive amount of capital. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think that that getting a minimum viable product out there is always a good idea. Um, don't wait until it's perfect. Like gets it like this, right? So this is a, a beta version. We've never done this, um, content before. We'll get your guys' feedback. We'll adjust and, you know, we'll keep doing that for a while until it really becomes streamlined. Um, and one thing that I think we already know we need to do is we need to have like a Skype, uh, connection to the entrepreneurs behind the business so we can get answers in real time. Um, so, um, yeah. I see. Um, so he's saying, will we get the feedback? Meaning is the product itself bad and the idea is good or is the idea itself bad? And no matter how good we make the product, it's just a bad idea. Um, I think depending on um, how the minimum viable product comes out, you may or may not answer that question. Um, but building up the community, getting feedback um, will be critical. Listening to that early feedback um, is, is just is so, so valuable. So I think that um, regardless of whether that particular question gets answered, the concept of a minimum viable product, getting out into the market, getting early feedback, um, adjusting and being nimble, that that's the name of the game. So definitely, definitely, definitely you guys should get uh, an MVP out there and, and see what happens. Uh, it also help you work through the kinks. There's, I'm sure, a million things you're not thinking about with writing the content, recording it, um, how much it's going to cost. You probably have uh, an estimate, but um, whether it, it actually comes out that way is, you know, 
Almost certainly not. Okay, how can we make the jump to full-time as soon as possible? Um, that comes down to your personal finances, and I don't think that you should be necessarily looking to make the jump to full-time as soon as possible. People usually only spend 50% of their waking hours at their job, uh, so that leaves a full 50% for you guys to do your side hustle and will give you a chance to um, really find out without the massive stress and pressure of having to build something, having to monetize it. And maybe that's the most important thing. Like a lot of times, especially things that are socially driven, you don't necessarily want to have the monetization gun to your head right um, from the jump. You want the time to really just deliver value um, and then figure things out along the way. I know a very powerful tool that a lot of people use is a freemium premium model um, and leading with the free model and telling people um, what you're gonna be charging for in the future I think is a pretty winning solution. That's what we're doing here at Impact Theory. Phase one is all about content, it's all about free content. Um, and while we don't have any um, plans to charge for the content in the future, we do have a whole slew of merchandising that we're going to be working on that'll be tied to the content that we're releasing and not just the social content by the way the social content for us is, is really sort of the minor point um, we're looking at traditional content um, and, and building an ecosystem around that um, and so when that's ready, then you know we'll be going out with that. But we know that we have a very long runway where we don't need to monetize. And so we can begin to get a read on what people like, what they're responding to without the need to do that. Um, so we're, we're not scrambling. There's no sense of panic. Uh, we can just continue to put out great stuff. So if you guys stay at your jobs and that's funding that, then you've really got the time to figure out what's working, what people are responding to. Am I right? Do you need an algorithm? Am I wrong? Can you throw the human capital at it? Um, those are going to be the things that you guys will find out because you should be able to be like those first seven employees, right? So what does it look like? How many um, interests can you guys handle each? Uh, what is that scale? Um, who's the best at it, right? Can one of you handle six, seven um, interests and one of you can only handle two, three, and you begin to get a sense of what the spread is. Um, and then, you know, the level of passion and energy, what kind of employees, who shines at it, uh, why they shine at it. So you know, the types of people that you're looking for. All right, we only have 10 minutes left. So I'm going to burn through a few more questions here. What's the best way to grow the community user base? Um, that one is easy. Deliver value. That's it. Deliver value, deliver value. Social media is everything. It's everything. We live in such a unique and amazing time where if you're delivering value, you can build a community. So one of the things that you guys could be doing is putting out a YouTube show or doing Facebook Lives where you give examples of categories you're going to be diving into. What are your top three, top five, top ten, whatever? You'll have to figure out um, you know, how much bandwidth you guys have. But putting out a daily digest of that so people can see what it's like, um, finding influencers who really believe in your content, um, and even doing like guest appearances, going on somebody else's show uh, or podcast or Facebook page and giving them a five to 10 minute daily digest. Do a month on an influencer's account. Um, and you know, all you're asking is for link backs. Um, that way people are beginning to be aware of what you guys are doing, the value that you're providing. And because you're creating content, there's gonna be a lot of people that will do that if the content is good, right? So I get contacted all the time by, um, major publications of uh, Success, Inc., um, Thrive to write for them. And as long as the content is good, uh, they will then put that out because for them it's free content, right? They're not paying me, but for me it's amazing because I'm building credibility as uh, a voice out in the industry. It's new eyeballs. It's bringing people back to impact theory. So um, since you guys are in the content creation game, that's gonna be exactly how you build your community because if you can't build your community by giving it away, 
In fact, this is important. If you can't build your community by giving it away, it's not real. Okay, let that one sink in. If you can't build your community by giving it away, it's not real. All right, so you're certainly never going to be able to charge for it. Uh, logistics behind advertisements, um, that's not as universal as I would like it. I'm actually not the right person to answer that question anyway. Um, so in fact, if anybody out there has um, done a lot of um, ad stuff, we chose not to do that here at Impact Theory, so we didn't have to dive into that one. Um, where should we start? Fund the company PR New York Mars. I like that, Mars. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I'd just like to point out that um, Berkshire Hathaway is in Omaha, Nebraska. I don't know why anybody ever goes to Omaha, Nebraska, and yet they built one of the largest companies in the world. Um, it doesn't matter when uh, Microsoft was starting out in Seattle. Man, most people thought Seattle um, was a state. They didn't even know much about it or Washington, uh, and they've turned it into something. So um, it really, really does come down to um, going where you want to be. So that's a big thing. Where do you have connections, um, and where can you hire the right people? So um, there's a reason that people aggregate in um, Silicon Silicon Valley because you're you're able to find um, amazing technological talent up there, um, but if you don't have that problem from a hiring perspective, then it, it matters a lot less. Um, funding it really that doesn't matter. It's somebody that believes in you and that tech checks all the boxes that we were talking about before. Um, should we limit users on their interests in the beginning or should we only implement that rule uh, once we add some additional functionality? I think the, um, the honest answer is that you're going to have to limit users because you guys are only going to be able to cover so much with you as the seven employees. I'm assuming that you don't have a lot of capital to throw at this. Uh, so yes, you're going to limit that. Um, do we need to patent our idea? Almost certainly not. Can you patent the idea? Almost certainly not. Um, usually patents you can only get if there's a process involved, you're doing something in a unique way um, that somebody would be copying you. Um, but the idea of boiling things down to their essence and putting it out there, um, obviously there's a lot of people doing that, so I don't think there's anything to patent there. Um, and I can't imagine that simply turning it into a recording is gonna give you something patentable. Full disclosure, I am not a patent attorney, uh, but I will tell you at Quest, we decided not to go down the patent path because it's actually very difficult um, to get things patented and it's all process driven. Uh, you have to be doing something in a very unique way. Um, and so there certainly are like in, in high tech, like you might be able to patent your algorithm. If you guys come up with an algorithm that you could probably patent. Um, but then you may be better off actually keeping that hidden from people and using it as a trade secret rather than something that you have a patent on. Um, that's something to consider. Uh, how do we make sure that we aren't crushed by CNN, New York times, et cetera? Uh, you don't. So you're getting into a business that if they really see the value in that and they have a huge community, um, then they could come in and crush you. But I would say that having that community showing that you're delivering value, um, and just out hustling those guys is really the right answer. And to be honest, I don't think these guys are, are going to play that game. Um, at least not as it's outlined here. I don't think they would ever throw human capital at this. Um, so your, um, your bigger concern is, is Facebook. Um, you know, Facebook is essentially doing what you're doing. They take the universe of people that um, are looking at something and based on what's getting shared, they um, say, hey, this piece of content in this interest that you have said you have um, is 
Uh, it's got some heat behind it, so it's probably something that we should open up. So if they typically show, I think, 1% to 3% or something uh, of the people who follow you, they might open that up to 10, 12, 20, uh, whatever, depending on how much uh, juice it has. Like when our clip uh, with Simon Sinek went viral, you could just literally see them opening up the, um, the throttle there, and it just it was crazy. Uh, but that's them algorithmically doing that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, um, that's really where the juice is. Um, how do you prepare for rapid growth? Uh, I would say right now, that's really not the thing that you guys should be concerned with. Um, rapid growth is the ways you protect yourselves from that are having uh, a belief system, something that you hire against so that your company culture stays strong because company culture is the thing that is most dramatically affected um, by rapid growth. And so that that's something you want to make sure that you know who you are, what your company mission is, what you guys stand for, the types of people that you want to hire. That's just critical, critical. And when given a choice between um, someone with a, a an amazing skill set, but they're not a cultural fit and somebody who's a cultural fit and can be taught. And that's critical. They have to show a propensity for learning fast. But if they can learn, I'd rather have to teach them um, than have somebody that is amazing, but they just create strife within the organization. That's critical. Um, and that plays really well in the beginning as you get um, farther along, then you really, really have to hold out for people that both have experience um, and are cultural fits. Both are really, really critical. I learned that lesson the hard way. I held on way too long to culture uh, without recognizing the need for people that just really fucking have a skill set. Uh, and, and when you're in a rapid growth phase, that's something um, that's just absolutely, absolutely critical. Um, so I think we're about out of time here. So I will just say, first of all, um, guys at um, Iris, thank you so much for submitting. And if you guys want to learn more about this, you can go to getiris.io. That's getiris.io. Uh, you can also email them at contact at getiris.io. Um, and you can go see right now, they have a web page up, a landing page. Uh, you can check that out, see what they're up to. By all means, engage with them socially, find out what they're up to, um, help them brainstorm. If you guys have ideas, if you have feedback for them, be absolutely incredible to give that. Uh, and if you have a company that you want to have featured here, on uh, on Startup Theory, I will remember that. On Startup Theory, uh, please submit it. Go to connect at impacttheory.com. That's connect at impacttheory.com. We will send you a questionnaire, fill that out, send that back, and we will feature your company here on Startup Theory. So thank you guys so much for joining us here on this very first episode, the beta version of Startup Theory, if you will. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Peace out. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.